Hi, everyone. Our next guest is Candy Washington, and Candy is the founder of 1214 Media Productions, where they create inspiring content across TV, film, digital, and publishing platforms. She executive produced and wrote the film Narcissist, which is available on Amazon Prime Video and Sophie TV, along with hosting a weekly iHeartRadio podcast called Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. Candy has published three books and also partners with fashion, beauty, and lifestyle brands on meaningful social media campaigns. Up next for Candy is co-hosting a self-care workshop with Bravo TV's Vicki Gunvalson and working on her upcoming fourth book. So basically you are just a powerhouse badass. Welcome. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm just excited to be here. So thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. You were with us on the first year of you, which I'm actually going to post that video for everyone as well. And that that topic was all about self-love and self-care and all that juicy good stuff. So I'm excited for everyone to get to watch that. But today we're here to talk about toxic friendships and healthy friendships and all that good stuff. Um, so kind of like we talked about before we pressed record, I was saying like, I, I love this topic because I think back to when I was preteen, teenager, college, even post-college, um, really till the last few years when I started like really noticing these things and coming into my own consciousness that I was able to like get rid of those toxic friendships in my life. But I think a lot of people struggle with that. So do you want to first talk about maybe how to identify a toxic friendship? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and thank you so much. And again, just to reiterate, to reiterate that, I think we talk a lot about toxic like romantic relationships, right? That sort of get sensationalized. Like, you know, is my boyfriend cheating? Like, is this abusive? But we rarely take the time to consciously evaluate our friendships, you know, our platonic interpersonal relationship with like another woman or another man if it's platonic. So I think it's a really good conversation to have about consciously choosing not just your life partner, but also consciously choosing, you know, your friendship groups, because that really will reflect the quality of life that you have. So I, I love that you said that, you know, growing in your own consciousness made you reflect and evaluate, you know, those friendships that you have. So I, yeah. I think um, when it comes to friendships, identifying toxic ones, it's pretty similar to, to romantic partnerships, but we don't really think of it that way sometimes. You know, do you have respect? Do you have um, clear, direct communication? Do you have trust? Um, is it reciprocal? Are you getting as much as you're giving? Is it a one-sided friendship? Is, is it gossip-based? And I think another thing to evaluate when we talk about toxic friendships is why are you friends with this person? Sometimes you're just friends with someone because you have a shared history. Did you go to high school together? Did you go to cheer camps together? Did you go to college? Did you go to the same yoga studio? Did you work together? So you maintain these friendships because you have a shared history, but maybe that friendship isn't actually adding value to your life and it isn't serving your highest self. So I think a few things to think about is, can I go to this person and know that if I share something with them that is private and personal, they're not going to go tell another girl in our group. They're not going to go tell somebody else. It's not going to make the gossip round. Is this person a trustworthy person with my intimate things in my life that I will need support for? Because remember, the essence of our friendships is support. It's supposed to be our tribe. It's supposed to be our support system. 
And at the crux of support is trust. Can I trust this person with my truth? Can I trust this person with my authentic self? And when you start to ask those questions, it's a good way to see if this person is someone you should have in your life. Um, also, you want to think about is this person, you know, is our dynamic healthy or not? Is it emotionally abusive? Is it um, verbally abusive? Like, how does my friend talk to me? How does my friend treat me? Do they talk down to me? Are they dismissive? You know, I've seen friends where it's just like, oh yeah, like, of course that happened to you. Of course he broke up with you. Oh, are you going to eat that again? Oh, you think you can wear that? Like you don't realize that that is still a form of emotional and verbal abuse when someone is making you feel less than, when someone is being dismissive of who you are, or you feel that you can't, you don't have a voice in the friendship. You know, is there a leader of the group? You know, we have this sort of like mean girl mentality where it's like the queen bee and like what she says goes and you kind of fall in line with that. You know, so I think you want to really think about, is this a safe person to trust? Does this person, you know, speak life into me and supports me? Or does this person put me down? Do I feel dismissive around this person? And then you also want to think about what are their, what's their lifestyle? What's their goals? You know, are they living a life that you aspire to? You know, if this person isn't living a life that you aspire to have, then maybe that person is bringing you down, keeping you small, keeping you stuck to make themselves feel better and comfortable. So you also want to evaluate your friendships, not, and maybe that person isn't, you know, abusive and they're not mean or anything, but it's okay. And it's not selfish to say, I'm going to surround myself by people whose lifestyle I aspire to have. You know, they say that for a reason, like, you know, think about the five people you hang out with the most, like that medium is like where you are, where you're going. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why successful people hang out with successful people. You know, there's a reason why poor people hang out with poor people and rich people hang out with, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying that people usually hang out who have common lifestyles. So if you want to change your lifestyle, if you want to up-level in your life, one of the biggest things that you can do is really up-level the circle that you have. And I think it's okay to admit that to yourself that you want more and it's not selfish. You're not leaving someone behind. You know, you're not doing any of those things. You're just making a conscious decision about the energy that you bring into your life and where you want to go. So I think those are things to think about um, when it comes to toxic friendships, just like those core tenets. Yeah, I love that you brought up the five people you surround yourself with because I was thinking about that as well. And um, it, and as you up level, as you grow, you know, um, what I, I do and work with people is helping them get really in tune with themselves and connected with themselves. Um, and I say like, as you do so, things are going to have to fall away. And like you just mentioned, sometimes it's friendships and, mm-hmm. you know, with everything in life, change is inevitable and it's okay to let things go if it's for the highest good of all, you know? So, um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and to that point, like as you grow and evolve as a woman, as a person, certain relationship dynamics will change and either those friendships will grow with you or you will grow out of them. And I think a part of that journey of up-leveling your life and being a more conscious person is deciding which friendships are for this particular season of my life and which friendships are for a lifetime. You know, there are friends I've been to college with where it's very clear, like that was a seasonal friendship, that's it. And then sort of after it, you kind of keep in touch, you kind of let it go. But then I also have friends where I'm like, you're a lifetime friend. Like I see us like being friends forever. 
but it's having that discernment of saying, I'm going to consciously evaluate the friendships that I have. I'm no longer going to be friends with someone by default. And I also think a big thing to think about is um, particularly, I'm going to say women, I'm going to say, you know, that just for this stuff, but it it applies to men as well, Mm -hmm. but especially with like group mentality, you know, um, I think sometimes we can even mirror the dynamic that we had in childhood. We sometimes mirror that dynamic that we have in our friendships groups and it's so subconscious. But for example, if you are, um, say you have a codependent personality and you were the caregiver in your family and you really didn't have your own voice and you got your value out of doing things for other people, you got your value out of being a yes person, you got your value out of being nice, you got your value out of doing for other people, you can pretty much bet that that is the same role that you probably play in your friendship groups. You're probably the friend that never pushes back. You're probably the friend that, you know, oh, we can go there for dinner. No problem. Well, like, well, well, like, what do you want to wear? No, it's okay. Like, well, I liked him, but you can have, like, do you know what I mean? Like you, you play the same roles. You play the same archetype, you know, in your different life that you, that you learn to play. You show up as that in your friendship groups as well. You probably show up that like work as well too, because wherever you go, there you are. So as you change and grow, you know, think about like in families, you know, as a person gets healthier and more conscious and more empowered and more individuated as their own person, you better believe there's going to be some pushback because people are going to be like, hey, you have boundaries? Wait, you have standards now? Wait, you're saying no to me? Like, what? What is going on here? Like, who do you think you are? Like all of these things happen, right? So you better be prepared that that's going to happen in your friendships too. When you start pushing back on to certain friends who maybe for a long time, you know, it was very comfortable and it really served their agenda for you to be a yes person. And it served their agenda for you to be someone that they could talk about or to dump their drama on, but not really feed back into. So of course, when you become a more conscious, healthier, fulfilled, self-actualized person, the way you show up in all of your relationships will start to change because you are changing. So you need to be prepared that some people will be able to meet you at your elevated state. They're like, okay, you're setting new boundaries. This is new, but like, we'll figure it out. And, you know, you communicate with me what I need and I'll communicate with you and, you know, we'll grow together. And then you have some friends where it's like, now that you're no longer serving their agenda, maybe they're not really that as good of a friend as you thought they were. And I think that's another good thing. Like when you start to have boundaries, when you start to have standards, like you really know who is for you when you start to say no. And I think that's a big indicator of whether or not you're in a toxic relationship or a healthy one. If you can't say no to someone without being a blow up, without drama, without all of these things, then that person is only out for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's a big indicator that that might not be a good um, friendship to have as well. And sometimes yeah. stigmas around, you know, evaluating friendships. We think that somehow we just have to be friends because we've always been friends or you don't want to be the odd person out of a group. But again, think about it on individual levels. Maybe you have a group from yoga, maybe you have a group from college, maybe you have a group from whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and you have different dynamics with different people. So instead of thinking of it as a group mentality where there's like the queen and we're all just falling in line, try to facilitate individual friendships. You know, maybe you and Jane really get along really well. Maybe you and, you know, Sarah really get along, but Mary's really difficult, you know, to get along with. And it's like this group or whatever, and start 
cultivating those individual relationships. Just go to brunch with, with Jane, you know, just have dinner with Mary, you know, go to the movies with Jane and Mary and maybe leave Sarah out of it. But then also communicate those things where it's not this, we're icing someone out because you don't want to become the mean girl. But you're just saying, you know, I have a great friendship with you. I know that you're friends with someone that we don't have a great relationship with. What I'd say to you, I want that to be in confidence and I don't want you to bring anything to me about Mary or X, Y, and Z. So you're communicating what the boundaries and standards are. You're still honoring those individual friendships that you have while recognizing that maybe the group dynamic can be cordial, but you don't have to be beholden to it. You don't have to have anyone in your life in any capacity that doesn't serve you. And it's okay to say that. You know, you don't need to have these like squads. Yeah, definitely. And, and with that, you're using your voice and you're communicating powerfully when you do that, which just helps you to even more level up, you know? And I think when, when we, like you said, when we level up and we get to, it's just this very like clear test of which relationships are actually the healthy ones and which ones aren't, and maybe need to fall away. Um, and that might be painful to let them go, but since they're toxic, you're actually, your energy is going to be, you know, you're going to be able to raise your vibration even more because that stuff's not going to be dragging you down anymore. So I love that you brought all of that up. Um, so you kind of went into it right now, like how you can start to separate from toxic relationships, friendships. Um, do you have any other tips for that? Like say, maybe let's give an example. Um, mm -hmm you know, you've been really close with someone for a long time and someone's watching this and they're like, oh man, that friendship's really toxic. Um, and maybe first they start to, to acknowledge that and the person's not open to it. And then they realize that they kind of have to let it go. What advice would you give them? So I would say with that, I think it always depends on the type of friendship. You know, it can be the longevity. It can be how often you see this person. Um, in your example, it's been like a long, you're kind of recognizing this person is toxic. If you already know in your gut that this is a toxic friend and you no longer want to be friends with them, I'm a big fan of like the slow fade where it's sort of, you don't make this dramatic announcement. We are no longer friends and you're cut. Like you don't need to do all the jazz. I'm a big fan of like the slow fade where it's just like you text back a little bit less you engage a little bit less, you stop inviting maybe, um, you stop accepting invites to things, you're cultivating individual relationships with other people outside of that group. Um, I, I'm really a big fan of the slow fade and having really clear boundaries. And if the person comes to you and they're like, hey, like I've noticed, you know, you're not really returning my text, you're not really, you know, inviting me out, like what's wrong? then you can have that conversation and be upfront and just say, hey, listen, like I really value the history that we have, but right now I just really need to focus on myself and some other things. And I just don't have the time right now to, to focus on this particular friendship. And that might be hard to hear, but you owe it to yourself to be upfront to them because stringing them along and, you know, making all these excuses, it's not you, like, that's not fair either. Like we need to have direct and healthy communication on both parts. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're in a place where you're not really sure, like you like, okay, this is a toxic person, but if they change, like I would still want to be friends with them. If that's where you're at, like the first example is for like, when you're like, you're toxic and I'm done and that's it, stamp on it, slow fade out. If they say something, have the conversation. I'm focusing on myself. 
You know, I love and honor the friendship that we had. I love the history that we had, but right now I'm just moving forward in a different direction. Um, but if you're still on the fence, then I'd say have the conversation first and just say, hey, you know, I know in the past I've been unclear about my boundaries. However, moving forward, I'm really working on communicating what I need in my friendships. So I'm, that's how I'm going to be operating. And I'm asking you to meet me halfway. And then if that person, because maybe those people don't even realize what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. If you have someone who always says yes to you, your default is that they're going to say yes. You're not even thinking about it. So we have to take accountability for how we were showing up in the friendship too. You know, we, people treat us the way that we allow them. We condition people to treat a certain way. You know, people you can, that, you know, people you can't mess with and you know, people that you can't like, it's very yeah, it's a clear. Street. Yeah. It's, a street. it's very clear who has the boundaries and who doesn't like, mm -hmm. it's very clear. So you can just take that ownership and say, Hey, like, I know sometimes in our friendship, I haven't had the clearest boundaries. I know sometimes in our friendship, I haven't, I haven't always communicated things that, you know, I didn't like or that rubbed me the wrong way. However, moving forward, I'm committed to speaking my mind more, having healthier boundaries to whatever it is. And I'm asking you to join me on that journey. And I know things might look a little bit different, but I really honor our friendship and I want us to be able to go to grow, grow together. There might be a little friction at first. Change is always kind of hard. I, it's not always going to be like, oh, that's so great. Let's go skip in the garden. Like, you know, Yeah. but you know, if someone is open to change and you know, if someone is open to growing with you, like some friends would be like, you know what? Like, you're right. Like I, I have noticed like you're kind of a pushover and I'm really happy that you're starting to respect yourself more. And I'm going to try to respect you more too. And like, you hold me accountable when this happens. And this is, and I'll, I'll give you a real life situation with this. So I have a really, um, very, very like dear best friend. I mean, this will be like my lifetime friend. And we went to college together. And in this group dynamic, there are some other girls that we all went to college with. And I don't really gel with them so much. They are, a little, not to talk bad, but like they're a little bit more of, uh, they kind of like to gossip a little bit. They're, they don't really speak directly. And I'm kind of like, that's just not where I'm at in my personal life. Like, that's just not, that's just, just a, that's just not, not how I'm moving anymore. Yeah. And I would still, you know, kind of um, have my grievances with my friend who is still friends with them. So I was kind of putting her in the middle. So she was feeling like I was talking about her when I would be talking about them. Mm -hmm. So I had to make it very clear to her. And I said, you know what, let's keep the boundaries of our friendship clean. Like, I know all of us have this shared experience, but it's not fair to me to bring my grievances about how they operate to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to just keep it clean and keep our friendship clean because there's nothing wrong between us. We have a very strong, very healthy, like very great, great friendship. And I want to keep it that way. So sometimes you have to have those tough conversations where you make those boundaries clear, where you take accountability for your role and, and what the situation has been and then make a pathway together, you know, and there's, there's almost this, this myth, right? That friendship should be easy, right? If it's not an easy friendship, then why are you in my life? You're toxic, bye. You know, there's, there's almost like that myth too. And that's not true either. Like all relationships require some level of work on both sides. It's human beings. You're not going to have, you know, cotton candy friendships all the time. The difference is, is it rooted in drama? Is it rooted in, you know, one person taking advantage of somebody else? Is it rooted in, you know, sort of this, like, I'm better than you, you're less than me, but like all, 
what is it rooted in? No relationship is perfect. And it's almost this fantasy, almost like what we have with romantic relationships, like this fantasy that it has to be perfect all the time. And no relationship is perfect all of the time. And if it is, then that's not an authentic relationship. Yeah. You're going to have a disagreement with your, with your boyfriend. You're going to have a disagreement with your best girlfriend too. It's how you work through it. And it's not having this fantasy that relationships don't require some level of work. It's just what type of work and what, and is it worth it or not? You know, you can't break up with your boyfriend every time you have a disagreement. You can't label your best friend as toxic and kick her to the curb every time you have a disagreement either. But it's about is the essence, is, is the core of this relationship good and worth working on? And, and, and that's what it is. And it's, and it's also being able to take accountability of how am I showing up in this relationship as well. Yeah. And our closest relationships are like our biggest opportunity for growth often. So when you look at it the way that you just described, and you can really embrace the fact that, yes, it's not going to be perfect, but what is it grounded in? And if it's grounded in, you know, support and at the end of the day, wanting to like help the other person be the best that they possibly can and support them, you know, then it's worth it. And there's other things that make it worth it, but that's what comes to my mind. Um, and I was literally yeah. having that conversation about uh, romantic relationships with a friend like last week, right? It's like, there is no oftentimes there is no better person. Like the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's just, is this right. person worth it? Like, yeah. So I love that yeah. you, you brought that up. Yeah. It, it, it's the same. It's just like, you don't have to discard the person. You don't have to break up with the boyfriend. You don't have to end the friendship. You can just work on having a healthier dynamic with that person. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what you can always work on. That's what you can always change. You know, I think we sometimes do ourselves this disservice thinking that like, oh, this happened, it's over, it's done, where it's like, well, hold on, you can't go through your whole life just discarding people in relationships because you hit a bump in the road. A part of having emotional intelligence and being emotionally mature is saying, okay, you know, this is life. Life sometimes gets a little bit messy. Let's clean this up together. And I think when you come from that place of knowing not like you know, if we have a problem, but it's when we have a problem, this is how we're going to solve it. Because it's a win, not an if. Like mm -hmm. there's no relationship where there is nothing that doesn't go wrong. You know, it's not if you're going to fight, it's how you're going to fight. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then there are the times where it's like, okay, this isn't worth it and oh. <laughs> time to let it go. Right. So how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Nice knowing you. This it was good while it lasted, maybe. Um, but okay, how do you recommend people heal? How can they like begin the healing process and really go through that? Because like we talked about, just because you're letting go of a toxic friendship doesn't mean it's easy to let go of, especially if person's been in your life for a long time, or or if it was just like an intense friendship. Like I've had friendships in my life that were really intense, like just became friends really quick and we're together all the time for a year for a few years and then like I had to let that toxic friendship go actually it became toxic and we yeah. both had to let it go and you know doing doing good these days so it was good <laughs> it felt like a romantic relationship because of just how close we were you know 
Um, so it, it's painful to leave those types of relationships behind, but sometimes that's just the best and it served the purpose while it was there. And then it's time to move on. But. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think healing from it is, is also similar to the romantic relationships that we have. I think um, acknowledging the grief mm -hmm. and acknowledging that you are mourning a relationship. You know, like when we break up with a, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you go, we allow ourselves to go through that grieving process, right? We get to cry, we get to eat the Ben and Jerry's, we get to watch the rom-coms, you know, all of that, like fun, not fun, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But a lot of times when we end friendships, we're expected not to have that mourning period. We're expected mm -hmm. to be like, oh girl, she was toxic, next, bye. But yeah. you didn't take that moment to actually process what just happened. What just happened was, you actually had a friend, you know, toxic or not, that was still a friendship. That was still a relationship. And that was the ending of something that you probably thought was gonna go a different way. And that's a loss. And so anytime you have those type of losses, you have to mourn it and you have to grieve it. And I think a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to acknowledge that losing a friendship is painful. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't think that we, you know, kind of have the right to say, hey, this girl really meant something to me for a really long time. And the fact that she's no longer going to be in my life in that way kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. So I think it's okay to allow yourself to feel the pain of losing a friend, because that is painful. And, and, and losing that this friendship isn't going to turn out the way you thought it was. That's painful too. You know, let yourself cry about it you know, talk to other friends about it, you know, get support, you know, but, you know, always be, but again, when it comes to these friendships, you always have to make sure the boundaries are clear. You don't want to go gossiping to your friends about her. You don't want to make, you don't want to uh, give your friends like an ultimatum, like, you know, it's either me or it's her. You have to pick a side. We're not friends anymore. Whose team are you on? Like, not that, but you go to your friend and you say, hey, even if it's like a mutual friend you say, hey, like, this friendship is over. I'm kind of struggling with it. I know it's for the best and I know I'll feel better soon, but like, can I just like talk to you about it? Or can you just like come over tonight? The same way you would reach out for that support if it was, you know, a death or if it was a breakup or something like that or any other type of loss. You know, just because someone, you know, is toxic for you doesn't mean that person didn't mean something to you. Yeah. I think that it's, it's all about giving yourself permission to mourn the loss of the friendship reaching out for support and then doing your self-care, go for a walk, journal, you know, talk to your therapist, um, listen to a podcast that you like, go out dancing, cultivate other friendships, you know, all of those things that you do to soothe yourself and to take care of yourself and be gentle with yourself and don't feel like you have to pretend like, oh, she did this and I'm out. You don't have to put this front up. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That friendship didn't work out and I'm sad about it. So I think yeah. taking your time and allowing yourself to mourn the friendship and then doing your self-care practices and reaching out for support is the best way to heal. And even write down what, like, what did you learn from the friendship? These are the things that I learned from the friendship that I want to take with me. These are the things that I learned that I want to let go. You know, these are the, these are the patterns I'm not going to repeat, you know, focus on the lessons from that friendship. Like I showed up in that friendship as a doormat. I showed up in that friendship as a yes person. I showed up in that friendship as blah, 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 as, you know, the beta girl, or I showed up as the mean girl. I showed up, you know, as the gossiper, you know, whatever it is. Like maybe you showed up in some not so great ways too. 
So I think it's also being able to take accountability for the way that you showed up and then assessing how do I want to show up moving forward, you know, and, and then consciously becoming that version of yourself so that your so that your friendships that you're cultivating now, the new friends that you have are created from that space of this is who I am and this is how I'm showing up and this is how I expect my friends to treat me and this is how I treat my friends. And I think it's just really being empowered from that place. Yeah, I love that. And and yeah, if you just put on this front and you don't mm-hmm. take time to acknowledge your role that you played or what you learned from it or allow yourself to be vulnerable, you're not going to be able to learn the lessons that that you know, like we talked about. Every relationship is here to teach us lessons, whether it's a lasting relationship or not. So can you take those lessons with you? Or if you're, if you don't, you're just going to probably repeat that with someone else, you know, end up being the doormat again or the gossiper or whatever. So that healing process is so important. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Candy. This was such a great conversation. Is there anything else you want to share about that topic. Otherwise we'll talk about your freebie that you are going to give to everybody. (laughs) Um, I guess the last thing I would share, just sort of what I said at the top of the show, just consciously evaluate the relationships that you have in your life. You know, think about your family dynamics, think about, you know, your coworker dynamics, think about your relationships, romantic, and then also take the time to think about your friendships, you know, really consciously sit down and think, who are the people in my life? How am I showing up in these relationships? How are they showing up for me? And is this what I want to be manifesting in my life? Is this what I want to be experiencing? And if that answer is no, then put a plan in place to show up in a different way in your life, to call in people who can support you and and consciously make that shift to have loving, supportive um, relationships, whether it's romantic, family, or friendship. So I would just say, take the time to consciously really evaluate who you have in your life and where you, and then also where you, do you want to go in your life? Do these people serve the highest version of the person that you're becoming? Do they, do, do they inspire you and do you aspire to be like them? I think those are two really good questions to ask yourself during that evaluation process. Uh, process. Am I inspired by these people? And do I aspire to be like them? And I think both of those answers has to be yes. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. So, so perfect to go with like the theme of this retreat too, you know, because it is about creating the life that you want to create for yourself and your relationships are so essential to that, just like you said. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's such a beautiful note to end on. Um, okay, so your freebie is a free self-care session on the Sugar Pills podcast. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so my freebie is I have a podcast. It's called Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. And one of my goals is to open it up to people to call in with their problems, whether it's a frenemy, whether it's a relationship problem, whether it's a problem with your self-love or self-worth. And they can call in and they can get a free session with me where I just do a deep dive. They tell me what the problem is. And I try to give them tangible tools and insights on how to solve their problems from a place of self-love. 
And yeah, so if you email me, reach out, I will sign you up and you can get on the show for free. Usually I do a, usually I do private consulting with private people one-on-one, um, but I'm trying to switch it up and, and do these freebies um, on the podcast. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's so, so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You guys sign up. This is such like <laughs> a great thing to get and you know, to share it with other people, like your journey, what you're going through is, is just an amazing way to help other people. Cause we're all going through similar, but different things. So it's like, when you share your story, like by going to you and getting advice from you, they're going to be helping other people and you're helping them and other people. And it's just this really amazing circle of, of growth that we can do together. So. Absolutely. And I, cause I think that's the essence of like, storytelling and, and and being transparent about what we're really going through because then people realize they're not alone because I think mm-hmm. when you think that you're the only person going through something it is so big it is so big when you think you're the only one dealing with something and you have all this shame around it and all this secrecy and you don't want people to know that you're struggling you don't want people to know that you're sad you don't want people to know that you're confused or conflicted or whatever is going on but when you hear someone say hey me too it gets Mm -hmm. a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and then that's how we share each other's burden so that your burden doesn't have to be so big because you're the only person carrying it but when you realize we're all carrying something and we can all carry it together and that is what truly lightens the load and that's what true empathy is and that's what true community is is saying me too. Mm-hmm. And I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That's so beautiful. I'm going to have to post this on the podcast, of course, after the, oh, after the event. Do. Do. <laughs> yeah. So everybody check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, Candy. You are just amazing. And I'll put all your links and everything for everyone um, on the landing page. But do you want to share like your Instagram, your website, all that so they can find yeah. you? You guys can find me over on Instagram at Candy Washington. Uh, my website is candywashington.com. The podcast is Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. And you can find that on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Audible, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, I pretty much sure it's there. So yeah, <laughs> my um, email, if you want to email me, it's info at candywashington.com. So feel free to reach out, but I would definitely say go over it to Instagram, give me a follow and shoot me a DM. And that's the quickest way to get a response. Perfect. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>